This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello, my name is Rachel Turner and this is Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. I will take a drink because I'm at the bottom because this is the third one. Uh, that's what I love about by the time I get to the teens' parents, it's like uh, I'm at the end. Of, I'm at the end of my Pepsi Max cherry. I can relax with you guys. Uh, it's good to see you. It's uh, quite a year, isn't it? I've been praying a lot for you guys as you have been trying to have kids who are taking coronavirus tests and getting them back to school and being in masks. Uh, it is a, such a massive thing that's been happening, and uh, I just really have been praying and thinking of you as your as your kids go back. And uh, this is, um, well, this is a Bedtime Dreams with Rachel where we just sort of throw some thoughts in there for you to think through. Um, this is our second Easter in lockdown. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. And uh, often Easter raises up these moments where we can talk about the big stuff, you know, the crucifixion and sin and shame and guilt and grace. And it opens up all of these amazing opportunities. And we have these teenagers that may be really under some of this stuff. Um, they are making choices and they are trying things and they are <laughs> making mistakes. And if we can equip our kids to talk and think about sin and shame and reconciliation, we are enabling them to walk with God in a way that can operate independently. And they're big topics. And I just want to say it's never too late to start this conversation. Sometimes you think, oh, I wish, you know, I had explained it to them when they were, you know, six. And it's never too late to start this. It just looks different. Um, it particularly as, as parents of teenagers, we can begin to get worried about how we can describe it perfectly and to, to teach it to them well and to get to this moment where it becomes, you know, sort of, we've, boom, we've given the little sound bite that they can grab onto. And um, when we look at how um, children's discipleship is designed, is designed by God, um, in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, he describes it as this ordinary, everyday, boring bits of life. This this sense of talking about it when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and when you get dressed. And it's just this ordinary bit. And sometimes we feel, particularly with conversations about sin and shame and uh, reconciliation, and particularly with teenagers, we got we feel like we get one shot at this and we've got to cram it all into this you know moment if they're ever open for it. And I just want to say that that isn't, it isn't, that isn't what life is with discipling teenagers is about, it's it's woven into the, the ordinary, weird bits of life. And we have these unique opportunities with teenagers to talk about the big stuff. And so I just want to throw in some thoughts for you on some thoughts of how to approach these conversations with teenagers. Um, the first thing that I would suggest is, um, as with anything <laughs> with teenagers, is that um, they are watching. They are watching you they are trying to assess how you live your life and what they like. And we have this great opportunity to um, have these big conversations, not because we're saying, I want to talk about this topic with you, but by saying, I'm inviting you to see this topic in my life and how that works out. And so we have this opportunity to create windows into how we process sin, guilt, and shame. And that can feel incredibly vulnerable when we're also trying to be authoritative and, um, you know, 
parental. Uh, but actually, it's really helpful to not only show them what happens like in the moment, if you're ever in a place where they are around you and you just feel like you messed up and you just need to access God in that moment to say, you know what, I I lost it there and I feel like I just need to, I just need to <laughs> with God, I'll be right back. And to, you know, to go into the corner, to sit on the couch and to just let them see you sit there. You can do it out loud if you want. Some teenagers will be deeply embarrassed by that. That's okay. They'll also probably watch. Uh, for you to just be like, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. God, fill me with your peace. Thank you, God. And just to do that, not in front of them, not make them watch you, but, you know, to go in a corner, to do it in the car, to let them overhear that little part of your heart with God um, can be really great for them to, to have that moment. But I think also, particularly with teenagers, to debrief your days with that in mind can be really helpful. Because what teenagers need to know is, is what it looks like for a human being to walk this. So to tell your stories of, you know, how you were at work or where you were doing something and you just snapped with your language or you were really tempted to do something <laughs> I remember feeling so convicted uh, when I took some office supplies home and I accidentally used them for something else. And uh, and I just remember being like horrified and thinking, I stole, I accidentally stole. Was that stealing? I don't know. And to have that conversation, I have a conversation with the youth group. We had this big debate about whether or not it was a sin to do that. And then I could say, well, actually, I I don't, I don't know intellectually whether or not it was, but I, fe I feel like in my heart, there's something in my heart that I feel like God is poking me that 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 actually was not okay and i need to fix that i need to fix that with god i need to fix that with them too and, and this sense of letting them see when you get convicted about something whether it's something small and stupid whether it's something big where you've lost it with them where you've you've you know been short with them and you need to come to them and say i messed up i shouldn't do that and i need to fix that with you i need to fix that with god um will you forgive me and that sense of just of just letting them see you as an imperfect person who's on the journey of trying to discern and pay attention to the conviction of the Holy Spirit when you're feeling like you sinned, when you're feeling like it it got you. Because often teenagers don't try to logic themselves into sin. They try to get the rules, and then they need to know whether or not they didn't get the rule right. And then they get annoyed with the rules, and then are like, I don't like Christianity. Uh, and actually, it's not that. It's walking with God, and it's wanting to walk closely with God, and it's wanting to live free from all the stuff that sits in your heart. And they need you to tell them, when I mess up, I know it because I feel like God's poking at me, because I feel like I'm heavy, or my brain keeps coming back to it, or I just don't feel right, or I feel like I don't want to look God in the eyes, and I just know that that's in there. That's how it feels like for me. You know, ask other people at church, what does it feel like for you? How do you know when you did something wrong? It's an interesting conversation to listen to. And they never have to say a thing. But to listen to a bunch of adults talk about how they know when they messed up and what it does and how they go to God about it and how it changes their life is huge. Facilitate these conversations to happen around their kids so that they know what happens in me and, and how do you come to it. Is this like a big evening thing? And most people will be like, no, I just sort of go in a corner and be like, oh God, I messed up, please forgive me. And then he just washes it away. I take two breaths and I'm, I'm off. And to, to teach them what that looks like, how to fix it and how to feel it um, is really important for a teenager because they are finding out how they work. 
and they are finding out what is themselves and what is the nudge of God, and they're going to get that wrong, and they're going to get that right. And when we surround them with saying, we've all been on the journey of figuring out what the poke of God is and how to fix it with him is huge to be able to create that window without them ever having to have a conversation about, hey, have I talked to you about sin and reconciliation with God? So create those windows. A second thing that you can do, particularly with teenagers, is to reflect on other people, um, not just them. And so often with teenagers, they feel persecuted because, you know, we want to talk about their lives, but they're very happy to talk about other people's lives. And so this is where TV and uh, television programs and social media is your friend because um, you can reflect. There are a lot of movies out there where shame causes people to spiral and make stupid choices. And uh, to be able to watch stuff with them and be like, I don't get why they are beating themselves up about this. If it were me, I'd just run to God and say, I totally messed up in this. What, why, why, do people, why, do pe- why do you think people beat themselves up about it? And they may have a different opinion. You're like, that's really interesting. Or you can say, I remember when I did that. And you just have this conversation about, about other people's um, experiences of shame, of conviction, of forgiveness. Like there's so many movies where you're just like, <laughs> forgiveness. Like Hamilton. If you've ever seen the musical Hamilton, love it. Uh, it's, it's a rap musical that just came out that was like all the rage in America. And there's this moment where um, Hamilton, uh, the guy um, taught his kid how to have a duel. It's, you know, it's about the American founding fathers. And uh, anyways, the son dies. And there's this moment where the, the mother is screaming and there's this huge disconnect between the, the husband and the wife because he basically led his kid to get killed. And there's this moment where she forgives him and there's this moment of forgiveness that is absolutely beautiful. And there are so many stories out in the world of forgiveness and the life-changing experience of forgiveness between two people. But the forgiveness that we have with God is is huge. The reconciliation we have with the Father who loves us, to be able to hear us, to be able to spend eternity knowing that we are loved. And all of this stuff is huge. And you can talk about forgiveness without ever having to say, did you ask God for forgiveness for your, that thing you messed up in? Uh, and so have those those wider conversations to reflect on those concepts, to use that language when you're talking with them, when they apologize and you messed up, and, and to talk about, ask them for forgiveness. So that forgiveness is a part of their life. Um, this concept of shame, I don't, you know, that I feel really ashamed that I spoke like that to you, and that's been sitting on me, and it's been making me feel weight, and I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I want to get out of that. And to, to spot when they're feeling shame and say, you don't need to feel ashamed. Everyone makes mistakes. To, to, to put this language into their process so that this isn't just a sin thing. This is helping them recognize when sin is weighing them down, when, when they need forgiveness, and that will give them freedom to just talk about those things. The third thing that I would suggest is to help expose them to the whole story of God. There is a, a sense sometimes that we just talk about people sinned, people need forgiveness, and it becomes this very narrow thing that, depending on how we describe it, they feel sort of that it becomes a hurdle to do, a, a, a religious experience, a religious almost obligation to do. And, and actually this fits into this wider story of God and sometimes we've never described that wider story. We've never heard someone describe that wider story. And, um, and you, can, you can weave this in. Sometimes with teenagers, we feel like it's hard because they're not going to sit and listen to us be like, let me tell you a story about Jesus. Um, and so sometimes we feel sort of 
silenced by that. But we can do it in our answers to things. So when when we're sitting around and we're looking at the pandemic, when we're sitting around and we look at news stories of you know pe- broken people who do things, um, and we're just like, that is that is heavy. To be able to tell the story of like, it makes me so sad because people people were made for a relationship with God. That that walking outside of a relationship God is is walking broken. It's walking with your arm and leg time behind your back because because we were made to operate our operating system was to be totally loved and totally accepted and totally approved of and feel completely secure in who we are and completely secure in being loved by God and love him back wholly and love each other with no envy no comparison no shame that's how we were made to operate that's how our hearts and minds were made to operate and I see this person who's done this horrible thing and my heart just breaks because I, I see this person who did something awful, which is reprehensible. But I also see that I think this person doesn't know at all that they could ever be loved and accepted by anyone, much less God. And that just tears me up inside. But there are people out there who don't know that. I mean, I know I'm still learning that journey and I want to know that, but I know that that's accessible to me. I know I can grab that onto God. And I just see that and just... It just breaks me up. And they may go, are you kidding? They're terrible people. And then you go, I know, but I see compassion in that. Because the story I see is this. And you're just in a conversation. You're having a, a story. You can you can tell those bits of the story. You can talk about the, you know, the whole story is that's how we were made. That's why Jesus came so that we can be reconciled. We can learn how to be that again. That we're a part of bringing that to other people. And one day we are going to experience that again when we stand before him in heaven. That's, that's the story. And if we figure out how to weave that into our conversations, then they have that story in their head. Sin doesn't become about you did something wrong, ask for forgiveness. It's about this whole understanding of how we were made and the life God has for us and 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 the journey we're on to understand that. And that's why everything we hear in church is hung on that. Everything we read in the Bible is hung on that. It just becomes this thing, this this wider story that we can that we can weave into. And the last thing I would suggest is that you help them know how to access it for themselves. Um, Teenagers like doing things by themselves. They're independent people who are trying to figure it out. But it means that sometimes they get themselves in situations they don't know how to access that that for God. They They may be experiencing that really heavy shame for the first time and not know how to recognize it or what to do with it. And so they're just trapped particularly in a season where they're not going to church and they don't have other people to ask about it. They're stuck at, at home with just us. And, and to be able to say, you know, how are you doing with that um, thing? You know, I feel like something's weighing on you. You know, I may be completely off, um, but there are times where I make choices and this is how I feel. And when I feel that, I sometimes just need to go shut myself in a room away and actually be honest with God and tell him, tell him stuff because there's I don't have to be afraid when I even tell him the deepest darkest horriblest things that I've thought or done and I tell him and I talk until I'm done talking and then I ask him to take it all away everything on me that's heavy and I ask him to fill me up with his love and his peace that's how I do it 
because they may not have known that. They may have never been talked through it. I know some parents who have the opportunity to say, do you want me to talk you through it? You don't have to say it out loud. I don't need to know. I don't want to know unless you want to tell me, but I can create space for you to do it. And I can say, why don't you tell God this and you can do it in your head and I can coach you through it if you want. But sometimes we just need to help them know their next steps, help them find those next things, because if they don't know what to do with it, then they're stuck. But if they know it, if they've been given a framework for it, they can. Um, and, and I know that we may not have those opportunities. You can tell your stories. There are loads of ways to frame things for teenagers without instructing them to do anything, whether it's creating windows, whether it's inviting someone over, whether it's, you know, having them part of a home group where you bring it up so that other people can share about it. It's, it's making sure our teenagers know how to take their next step in this. So that's, that's all I have. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you. If you have any questions or scenarios you're in that I can help with, please feel free to type it in. If not, that is completely okay. I'm going to pray over you and um, you go sleep. Uh, God, I thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to talk to our teens about you, the deep, deep stuff of reconciliation, of coming together with you, of experiencing connection and, and how to walk free of shame and free of embarrassment. God, I just thank you that you've given our kids this opportunity. I pray that you would open our eyes that we may see where our children need, whether it's uh, them needing the whole story, whether they need some framing, whether they need us to be open and vulnerable about it. Help us find our next step for our kids, that they may learn how to walk in their ordinary, everyday lives with you, that they may walk free from sin, free from shame, and enjoying the freedom and love and connection that you have purchased for them, Jesus, on the cross. I thank you for that. I pray that you make us bold and make us wise. In Jesus' name. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.